Love Talk Radio. All right, all right. Watchman on the wall, watchman on the wall. Coming in, coming in. One, two, all three. Right. Can you yeah, hear me out there? Yeah, we can all hear you right. loud and clear. All right. Okay, uh, my brother's going to come on, so I'm going to get it off, kick it off, and uh, I'll be on to 7 o'clock. All right, Watchman on the Wall, end time, end time, Global Link Ministry, giving glory to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the one that was, the one that is, and the one that is to come, the Almighty, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace is on his way back. And we're here to tell you the gospel will be preached to all the world. And the Bible say, and then the end. The end of what? The end of satanic rule. Woo, the end of that. Nah, not the end of the world, but the end of satanic rule. Satan has been ruling, what, mankind for the last 6,000 years, and his time is up. He's getting ready to come down to earth. He's in the first and second heaven right now. That's his location. His address is in the air. He's the prince power of the air, and he rules in dark places. He's a, he's a cunning, slick rascal. He thinks he is, and he's on his way down to the bottomless pit. But before the bottomless pit comes, amen, there must be a judgment on the earth, the judgment of called the seventh week, the seventh week spoken by Daniel the prophet. Uh, my uh, brother Tim Jackson on yet? Okay, I guess he ain't on with me yet, but anyway, he might probably be coming on pretty soon, I hope. We're here to we're here to preach the gospel that we're here for. We're not here for a show. We're not here to ask you for anything, but the only thing we want we want you to give your heart to the Lord. Give your heart to the Lord now. Now is the day of salvation. The Bible says the day you hear his voice, harden not your heart. This is the way. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth and the life. No man can get to the Father but by him, H-I, capital H-I-M, the Son of God, God Almighty in the flesh. Jesus Christ is God Almighty in the flesh, seen of angels, justified by the Spirit, received up into glory. 2,000 years ago, he left Mount of Olives, and he told his disciples, go back down to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. And he, you shall be endued with power from on high. And this power is the Holy Ghost. That's God himself in the spirit. Come through the name of his son, Jesus Christ. Shed his blood on Calvary's cross. And when he shed his blood, he opened up a fountain. He opened up a fountain. And that fountain is Jesus Christ. The fountain is open now. Men, women, boys, and girls can come to Jesus Christ if they repent of their sins and confess with their mouth and believe with their heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen. Today we're going to talk about end times, plus we're going to talk about the crucifixion, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. The crucifixion of Jesus Christ is the ultimate plan that God had before the foundation of the world, and that is to redeem man back from Sin. In other words, bring them back into the fold. There's only one way it could have been done. God knows there's only one way that he could have did that. There's no other way that God could do it. Woo! Do you get what I'm saying? If God is almighty, how come he couldn't find another way to bring salvation 
to the world. He couldn't. It was impossible for him. Amen. It was impossible for him to bring any other way through salvation than himself. God had to do it himself. There was no angel. There was no cherubim or seraphim or teraphim. There was no God other than the gods of the dark world. In other words, Satan wants to be God. His demons wants to be God. All the demons that fell, all the, the cohorts and all, the Nephilims that, that was cast out of heaven and that became belligerent against God, tried to be like God. Mainly, Satan says, I want to be like Jehovah. I want to take the throne of God. I want to take the universe. I want to take the cosmos. I want to take all the quasars and all the stars and all the planetary systems and all thousands and thousands of universes that Satan wanted to take over, but he couldn't run it. He didn't have the power to run it. The only thing he could do, listen, only thing Satan could do is kill, rob, and destroy. That's the only thing the devil can do. He can't do nothing else. Kill, rob, and destroy. And he tried to eliminate God, tried to eliminate his throne, tried to take the throne away from God Almighty, self-existent spirit being, one spirit, one spirit, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, all three are one. They are co-equal. They are not separated from each other. They cannot be separated from each other because there's only one God. And a lot of people think God the Father, and then they say Jesus Christ was another prophet or another God that God created, that's a lie. God ain't created no other God to take his place. God is God all by himself. Before you was even thought of in the corporate world, before you was even looked upon in in, in, in the society that we call society today, there was no other God. There was no other God before God, and there won't be no God after God gets through doing his plan, and that is build him a kingdom. That's the main, main goal that God build him an everlasting kingdom, a kingdom where his subjects and those that accept him will never have to face sin anymore. They won't have to face no sin at all. It would be a sinless kingdom. There would be no sin in the kingdom of God. So God is doing now, he's building, his, he's building him a kingdom. He's building him a kingdom to last forever that will not have nothing to do with sin and degradation and killing and murdering and raping. It will be eliminated because God is going to wash Satan up. He's going to woo, not clean him up. He is going to punish him. Punish Lucifer and all his demons. And those that reject the plan of salvation that is brought to this earth by Jesus Christ, God himself, became man. So he dealt with divinity and he dealt with humanity. God himself is Jesus Christ in the flesh. 
Jesus Christ is God Almighty in the flesh. Jesus Christ is the only way that man, listen to me, listen to the word. I didn't make this up. I didn't think this up. I didn't go to seminar school to make a new doctrine that the Bible is not teaching. I'm teaching exactly what the Bible teaches. It teaches there is one God, and this God is all-powerful. This God is omnipotent. This God is immutable. This God is omnipresent. This God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords. And what happened in heaven? Lucifer, like I said, wanted to become like God, and he was dethroned. So now he has had the priority to what? Go in the garden. Go in the garden. That's where he started. He went into the garden. He went to the woman, and the woman touched the fruit. The woman gave the man the fruit of knowledge of good and evil, and they both ate it, and they died. Not a physical death, but a spiritual death. Death, which means they were without God. They were without God. They were cut off from God. They were all by themselves with nobody to call on, nobody to rescue them, nobody to love because they cut it off. They eliminated it. Satan eliminated the relationship that man had with God through disobeying God. When you disobey God, you will pay the consequences. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God's eternal life through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And God himself, with his all-knowledgeable, awesome, uh, unique God, could only bring man back to God through what? The death of the cross. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. For our sins, he died in our place. He suffered in our place. He cried in our place, whipped in our place. He was spit upon in our place. He did everything in our place. In other words, we could not do it. It was impossible for man to suffer for his own sins. It was impossible for man to bring redemption to his own self. It was impossible for man to die on the cross himself and die and go to the pits of hell and preach to those in prison for three days and three nights, come up back from the grave on the third day morning, and what? And have all power in his hand. There is nobody on this planet or in a another world or in another dimension that was capable enough of doing what Jesus Christ done. He suffered. And you talk about excruciating suffering. He suffered so much. He suffered so painfully until the Bible gives us an explanation on how he suffered and what he went through during the time of his suffering. The suffering of Jesus Christ is what the devil don't like. 
what would Satan was trying to do, he wanted to kill Jesus because he knew that he was God Almighty. He knew that. He knew that nobody else could do what he did but God. God can become man, but man cannot, will not, never become God. And man has been trying to become God ever since the fall of Satan. And when we say the fall of Satan, we're talking about a great fall. He fell a long way. Jesus Christ said, I beheld Satan fall from heaven like what? A bolt of lightning. And when he hit this earth, he ripped it apart. And God recreated the, recreated the earth in Genesis 1 and 2. And it was darkness up on the face of the earth, and it was void, and it was out of chaos. And God brought it back into order. When he brought it back into order, he said, now I'm going to make something after my likeness and after my image. I'm going to give man the power to rule the earth to take control of the earth. So he created Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve was to replenish the earth and bring more subjects into the world. And Satan said, yeah, he, he, can, he can have babies. Adam and Eve can have babies, but the minute I get a hold of them, I'm going to rip them apart because God is taking man, putting it in my place, and God said, that's what I'm going to do. And Satan got mad. And when he got mad, he was determined. To all the angels in heaven, I am going to stop God's plan. I am going to stop him. But God stopped him in heaven, and God been stopping Satan ever since he tried to stop him. Only thing Satan has been doing, he's been killing people. He's been destroying people. He's been t- uh, turning people against God. He's been telling people that God is dead. God is no good. God is is. is, is, is he done lost his mind. He, ain't, he just ain't no good. And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to turn mankind against God. And man listened to Satan before he listened to God Almighty. Why? Because, number one, God don't gave the, the, the static plan. In John 3, 16, he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish. In other words, God said, I'm going to bring mankind back to me, and we're going to have a relationship. We are going to have a relationship that's going to last forever. I am going to do something that I've never done before, and he said, I'm, I'm not going to do it again. And that is, God became man, M-A-N, a human. God became human, just like you and I. And when he became human, he had everything that we go through, everything that we feel, everything that we see, everything, everything, God had to feel what it was to be a man. He never knew what it was like to be a man. So he became man. And when he became man, he was born what? He was born sinless. He would have to be born sinless. If he, would, if he was born in sin, then what Jesus said and all that he done is a faith. And God is no faith. Jesus Christ is no faith. The devil is the faith. And the devil knows that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. He knows why. Because he saw him when he came to earth. You remember when the pigs, was, the pigs ran over the cliff 
You remember when the man was up in the graveyard and he was cutting himself and he was he was he was doing all kinds of things and nobody could hold him down and Jesus came along and when he came along the demons in the man, legions of demons in the man, say, Wait a minute, son of God. Why do you come here and torment us before our time? So the devil knows who Jesus is. And since he knows who Jesus is, Satan has tried to deter that Jesus Christ is nothing, and he has tried to annihilate him, and that was when he done it on the cross. He was trying to get rid of Jesus forever. He was trying to get rid of God's son forever. He was trying to get rid of God, actually, forever. But you can't get rid of God because God has always existed. He would never, never, never go out of existence. But Satan was spoke into existence by the power of God, so he is going to have to what? He's going to have to pay the piper for what he done. And he done a drastically thing. He done a thing that's unforgivable. He done a thing that he cannot be redeemed from. He done a thing that all the angels, one-third of the angelic beings that was cast out of heaven uh, 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 followed Satan, and now one-third of the heavenly host followed Satan. And then he had the nerve enough to come down here and, and, and bring 200 watchers and put them on top of Mount Hermon, and they in the time of Noah's flood, they had the opportunity. Amen, to amen, Doctor, amen. All right, and to have have relationship, have relationship with the human race. The devil has always tried to stop God Almighty. He can't stop it. Never will, and he never has. And it seems like now to the world that Satan is winning. He's not winning. He's losing. Everything he do, he's a loser. He's ruthless. He's crazy. He lost his mind. He's a bald-headed monkey. I can call him everything I want to, but he's a dreadful, dreadful beast. And his main thing is when Christ came down here, he said, I got to kill this dude. I got to get rid of him. You know why? Because he was doing too much good. Oh, he was doing good all around in Jerusalem. He was bringing families together. He was he was telling people who he was. He was doing miracles. He was raising dead. He was casting out devils. He was feeding 5,000. He was healing sick and doing all. And Satan said, oh, man, this dude, is, this dude look what he's doing. He's blessing people. And he's blessing people with love and mercy and goodness and, and forgiveness. He's blessing them around the world. He said, no, this dude got to go. I'm going to kill him. And the devil said, well, I'm going to use the killers. I'm going to use the Jews, and I'm going to use the Gentiles. I'm going to use the nations of the world, and I'm going to use God's chosen nation to get rid of this dude because I cannot handle him. I took him on the top of Mount. Uh, uh, temptation, and he beat me up. He beat he beat the devil up. He said, uh, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. It is written, Satan. Man can't live by money, fame, and glory. Man can't live by what he hides, what he knows. The man that God made, the only way that he can live and live truthfully is by the word of God, every word of God. And the devil said, oh, he blew, uh, he blew me up. I took him up to another mountain and told him, if you be the son of God, jump off. At least your feet hit us and an angel come and deliver you. He was trying to make Jesus Christ a mystical Christ, but Jesus Christ was not mystical. 
Amen. He wasn't going to fly through the air to prove that he was Jesus Christ. He was Jesus Christ whether he flew or not. And he said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And that's only you serve. He said, oh, he done blew that. I'll take him up on the last temptation. And the last temptation that the world is sucking up. The world is sucking up this temptation. And he says to the Messiah, he said, look, dude, if you will fall down and worship me and honor me and give me the praise and worship me, I will give you the kingdoms of the world. I'll give you everything. And Jesus comes back and says, thou shalt worship the Lord God and him only thou shalt serve. In other words, God should be first in your life every day. God should be not second, not third, not fourth. And Satan said, I'm going to tempt mankind to sell their souls so I can keep their souls and take them to hell with me because he knows where he's going. So he said, if I can kill him now, (laughs) I got him. And you know what they did? The whole world became a bunch of murderers. Every human being on this planet is a murderer because we are all guilty of killing an innocent man. It wasn't only the Jews. It was the Gentiles, too. And the Gentiles were the ones that executed, and the Jews gave them permission. And Pilate said, I find no fault in the man. I, 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 the only reason I'm going to give you uh, the power to crucify him is because if I don't let, give you the power to crucify him, the whole world will be against me. And I'm afraid that they'll want to kill me. And so what they did, they sold Jesus for Barabbas. And Barabbas was a crook. And the world today want a crook. They love crooks. They love liars. They love backbiters. That's what the world loves. But Jesus Christ was sinless, perfect. He was God Almighty, and he became a man so that he, what, could taste death for every man. And so what Satan had a plan. He said, now, what I'm going to do, I'm going to nail him. I'm going to crucify him. I'm going to make a mess out of him. I'm going to whip him so bad. I'm going to cut his flesh open. I'm going to beat him across the head. I'm going to put knots on his head. I'm going to pluck his beards out of his hand. I'm going to take some old rusty nails about about six to seven inches long, and I'm going to nail them to his hands, and I'm going to hang him, not by rope, not by thread. I'm going to hang him, and I'm going to lift him up between heaven and earth, and when I lift him up, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. But let me tell you, the cross is the most ruthless murder that can ever be done on the planet. But you know something? By Jesus Christ being the Son of God, when he died, he died without sin. But what? He became a sin offering for your sins. Now, there's no way, there's no way a human being can reject the blood of Jesus Christ and his suffering and his death on Calvary's cross. There's no way that he could have did it himself. There's no way that he could have got somebody else to do it for him. There's no way because man didn't have the way by being a sinful creature. So they whipped him. They spat upon him. They called him everything but the son of God. They called him everything but the Yahweh. They call him everything but Yeshua. They call him everything but what he was really was. And guess what he did? He died. 
And guess what? He said, I got power to lay this life down, and I got power to pick it up again, and I receive this from my father. He said, y'all ain't taking my life. I'm going to lay down my life. Now, listen to this. Christ laid down his life that you may have eternal life. If you reject the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and his resurrection, you're going to have to pay for your own sins. In other words, you are going to be separated from God forever, 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 forever. You are not going to be able to enter the kingdom of God until the shed blood of Jesus Christ is applied to your life through repentance of sin, to confessing with your mouth, and to believe with your heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. You just ain't going to make it to heaven. So let me tell you something. If you think you can work your way through the church, if you think you can work your way through the usher board, if you think you can work your way through the, the choir, if you think you can work your way through the pulpit, if you think you can work your way in other way that you can work to get salvation, you're a lying wonder because works will never justify you. Woo, your good works, your good looks, your money, your fame, your glory, your education, whatever you got is not going to justify you to be saved. The only thing can justify you is faith. Faith can justify your soul because you believe that what Christ done on Calvary's cross 2,000 years ago, that when he died, you was there at the cross. Oh, I knew you wasn't born, but the day you was born, you was guilty. But let me tell you, a child, a baby that's born is in innocence until it gets the age of responsibility. But that that baby brought the Adamic nature of Adam's sin into the world because the sin seed came through Adam. And every child that's born is born in sin and shaped in iniquity until it gets age or accountability, and then it becomes sinful creature. And that sinful creature has to have a change, and that change can come only by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for his suffering. Thank God for bound his head and dying. Thank God for when they took him off the cross. Thank God for when they laid him in the grave. Thank God when he stayed in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. Thank God on the third day he got up uh, with all power in heaven and earth in his hand. And now, and now, every soul that ever, ever born in the image of God can be saved. But who is it up to that you be saved? It's up to you. It's up to you that you want to be saved. God cannot save you against his will, against your will. He wants to save you from what? Sin. Sin is a, it can damn your soul. People are not going to hell because they drink a lie or cheat. They're not going to hell for that. No, no. If you go to hell, you're going to hell because of unbelief. You have rejected Jesus Christ, the only sacrifice that was made by God through his son, Jesus Christ, that you can be saved. Why don't you come to Jesus Christ today? Amen. I got my brother on. I know he's got to go to some studies. Amen. I don't want to hold him too long, hold up too long. I'm going to let him go ahead and, and, and run down some hammer driving gospel to me. Amen. And from then on, if he if he still be on, he can come back again. But anyway, if he can come on now, amen. I didn't mean to go that far, but I had to initiate it, let you know, without the suffering of Jesus Christ, the whole world would go to hell. Praise God that Jesus Christ died. And those again. Go ahead, brother.
Amen. All right. I guess he had to leave. Amen. But anyway, we will continue on with this year. Of Jesus Christ. Without Jesus Christ doing what he did, he was doing, I'm going to show you what he done in the book of Isaiah. We read these words Isaiah, in these last days, Jesus Christ is still saving souls. And these souls are saved only through Jesus Christ. It's not saved through the Baptist or Presbyterian or Catholic. It's not saved through the Methodist. It's not saved through no denomination. It's not saved, you can't get saved through no denomination. You get saved only by the cross. You can't get saved by occultism. You can't get saved by the devil because he don't have no saving power. He got destroying power, and he's destroying souls today. But in the book of the 53rd chapter of Isaiah, we see the whole crucifixion of Jesus Christ. 700 years before it happened. And it happened because Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John verified that in the gospel. It gives you the whole picture of what Christ went through in the Garden of Gethsemane all the way to the resurrection. It says, who has believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Our report referred to the very prophecy as well as the other messianic prophecies. Delivered by Isaiah to Israel, this is given to the Jews. The Jews, uh, uh, this year, fifty-third chapter is written to the Jews, and it says, "My messianic prophecies delivered by Isaiah to Israel was the arm of the Lord revealed." And to Israel describes the unbelief which destroyed them. Their unbelief is what destroyed Israel. But thank God, mercy. Who caught a, caught a hold of justice and told justice to sit down? Mercy told justice to sit down. Because when you sin, you should get what you just deserve. But mercy caught a hold of justice and told justice, sit down. Mercy said, I got something to do. And mercy only comes from Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, through the mercy of God, gave his life that man could be justified by faith. That's what mercy done. Because justice said, I'm just ready to get rid of you. And God said, no, 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 no. I can't get rid of Israel. They're my chosen people. I can't get rid of Israel because in the end time, Israel is going to be what? Able to preach the last message during the tribulation period. If I get rid of Israel, guess what? The Messiah cannot come. Jesus Christ came to the Jewish nation. He came to the tribe of Judah, all the all the way down to forty-two generations. And what? He was born in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes, seen of angels, justified by the Spirit. Stayed on the earth for thirty-three and one half years. And when he stayed on the earth, he just didn't do healings. He just didn't raise the dead. He did something that no other God could do. And that God is the God of heaven. And that was that God was manifested in the flesh, came down here and died on Calvary's cross. Who has believed our report? And to whom is the Lord arm of the Lord revealed? This is how he's going to grow. This is what's going to do when he comes to earth. This is God himself coming to earth. He, what are he going to do? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, 
a tender child, a merciful child, a perfect child, a child without sin, a child without without hate, a child that's full of love, a child that was God Almighty in the flesh, laying in the manger, huh? a root out of a dry ground. He has no comeliness when we shall see him. There is no beauty that we should desire him. To God's eye, Israel and the entirety of the earth, for that matter, were a dry ground. The earth is a dry place. When it comes to spiritual value, it's a dry place. But yet still, Christ came. When he came, he came up out of a dry ground. But yet still, when he came up, he didn't come up like we did. He didn't come up born in sin and shaped in iniquity. He didn't come up hating. He didn't come up resentment. He come up with the love of God out of a dry ground because when God ever touched anything, it turns around. And so what? He come up out of dry ground and the earth is dry. The Bible says there's a day coming, but there should be a famine in the land, not of bread and water, but of hearing the word of God. And now you think you're hearing the word of God in some of these preachers, but it's not the word of God. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword cutting down to the marrow of the bone. The word of God is powerful. The word of God is convicting. The word of God is sharper and more powerful than a locomotive. The word of God is everlasting. The word of God is strong. The word of God is the only thing that man can live by that would please God. And so what happened? This is what happened here. It says, it says there were a, a dry ground, but that I rested with delight upon one tender plant, which had a living root. It was Jesus. Oh, my God, the living root, the root of David and the offspring, the bright and morning star, the root of David. Who's the root of David? The root of David is God himself. For without God, there wouldn't be no Jesus. Jesus Christ became flesh, which was God Almighty. That was the root. And by God being holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, by God being righteous, righteous, by God being justice, by God being mercy, by God being compassion, by God being love, by God being a forgiving God, by God being an everlasting God, for God who is, he always existed and he always will. So whatever he touches, it will turn to the better. It will turn to the better. And so here we hear, they come up out of a dry ground. The Hebrew word, verb, in these verses, through the verses, are to be regarded as perfects, perfects, a prophetic, prophetic certitude. This means that in the mind of God, all has been finished before the foundations of the world and done so in the divine council. The word before him means before Jehovah, under the fostering care of Jehovah, God the Father had his eye fixed upon the Son with a watchfulness and tenderness and love. This sapling from the house of David shall become the root out of 
which the church will grow. The Messiah will be the fresh bout from the stump of a tree that had been failed from the destroying divinic monarchy. The word, he had no formless nor comeliness, refers to the fact that he had none during his suffering. But now has it more than anyone else except the Father, the Holy Spirit, the words, there is no beauty that we should desire him, refer to his suffering, which includes the peasant upbringing and as a consequences his poverty as well as his lack of association with aristocrats. He is despised and rejected of man, a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Jesus did not have one friend upon this earth when he came that stood by his side. Nobody was willing enough to go with Jesus to the cross. Nobody was able enough to give him some confident word. And yet still, while he was hanging on the cross, he gave more comfort words on the cross for those six hours that he was on the cross than any man ever, 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 ever done. Why? Because he was the almighty God speaking through his son to let the world know that he is the son of God. A man of sorrow refer to Jesus taking all the sorrows of humanity upon himself. Jesus took all the sorrows of the world and it was up on him while he was on the cross. Acquainted with grief actually refers to diseases and sickness for that what the word grief in the Hebrew means. And we and we me, you, hid as it were our faces from him, describe the treatment of the servants by his fellow men. Again, why? He was not the type of Messiah they wanted. They didn't want this Messiah. They did not want this Messiah. The Jews didn't want this Messiah because when he came the first time, the Jews thought that he was coming to set up the millennial kingdom. He thought that they were going to take the Roman government and and destroy it and set up the millennial kingdom with the Jews being the head of the nation. But Jesus didn't come the first time to set up no millennial kingdom. Why? Because the Jews had not accepted him as the Messiah. They rejected him. And by rejecting the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, there was no kingdom coming until Jesus Christ died and suffered on Calvary's cross. After he suffered and died, then he said the kingdom will come, but it will come 2,000 years later. And now we're living at the end of the 2,000 years, and the kingdom is coming. Jesus Christ is coming back again, and this time he's coming. He's not coming back uh, uh, to die. He's not coming back to suffer. He's not coming back for nails to be driven through his hand. He's not coming back for the pierced side. He's not coming back to be marked at. He's not coming back to be whipped 
beyond recognition. He's coming back to set up the millennial kingdom. But before he come back, he had to have the church to come in. And when the church came in, it came in about 30 A.D., after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and they tell me the Jews rejected him. And when the Jews rejected him, the Jews were cut off. And when they were cut off, he said, I'm going to cut the Jews off to stir up jealousy among the Jews and go to the Gentiles. And when Jesus went to the Gentiles, the Jews got jealous and wonder why uh, 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 Jesus Christ didn't stay with them. The reason Jesus Christ did not stay with the Jews as a nation, he said, because y'all rebelled against me. Y'all rejected me. And because you rejected me, you're going to have to go through some suffering and persecution before you come to acknowledge me. And he said, I'm going to grab the Gentiles in. I'm going to draft the the heathens then. I'm going to take the heathens, uh, which had other gods uh, and other ways of worshiping, other ways of trying to get in contact with God. And God said, I'm not pleased. You're not going to come to me that way. You're not going to get no prayers from me that way. The only way that you can get prayers from me, you've got to come through the name of Jesus Christ. You've got to accept Jesus Christ as Lord to the glory of God, and you've got to accept his suffering. You've got to accept his death. You've got to accept his whooping, and they tell me the Jews uh, have been going on for the last 2,000 years, but they tell me in the end time, in the end time, in the end time, God said, I'm going to bring the Jews back into the relationship with the Messiah. But right now, God is telling the Jews that I am dealing with the Gentiles now, and I'm going to build the church mainly out of Gentiles, all those Jews can be saved in the church too. Whether you're a Jew or Gentile, you're all one. So if a Jew if a Jew gets saved, they're in the church age. If a Gentile gets saved, they're in the church. That's the church of today. That's the church that Jesus Christ purchased with his own blood. And whether you're a Jew or Gentile, you can be saved. For God has no respect to a person. He loves the Jew. The Jews is chosen people, but he's not going to look above the Gentiles because they look, look above the Jews and go and let the Gentiles go because the Gentiles have a right, amen, for salvation as much as the Jews. But since the Jews rejected him, God said, I'm going to cut you off. For 2,000 years, the Jews have been cut off. But he said at the end time, at the close of the church age, I'm going to remove the church from the earth. I'm going to uh, uh, rapture the church up. When I rapture the church up, I'm going to go back to the Jews, and I'm going to cut the Gentiles off so they can Jews can be engrafted in. And when the Jews come back in, they are going to preach the last message during the time of the seven-year tribulation. So right now, we're in the process, amen, of the Jews being grafted back in as soon as the church is raptured up. The church cannot be on the earth at the same time the 144,000 be here. The 144,000 got to come, and they can't come until Jesus Christ raptured the body. The body is the body of Christ. The body is those that have been redeemed by the blood. The body of Christ is those that have been sanctified and, and justified by faith. The, the body of Christ is those that have accepted and repented of their sins and, and turned to Jesus Christ. Turn from the world. Turn from sin. Turn from degradation. Turn from lying. Turn from backbiting. Turn from whoremongering. Turn from all sin. All sin. Hate sin. Hate it to the core. And turn to God. 
And when you turn to God, you turn to God in repentance. This is the suffering that Jesus Christ was foretold in the 53rd chapter of Isaiah. Listen to what it says. It says this. It says, yet did deem him stricken, smitten of God, afflicted, proclaimed the fact that because he died on the cross, Israel assumed that he died under the curse of God because Moses had said, for he that is hanged is a curse of God. What they did not understand was that he was not a curse, neither in, neither in himself was cursed, but in fact was made a curse. He was made a curse for who? For who? For who? For us. By our sin, by our unbelief, we put our curse upon him, and he took our curse. Israel assumed he was smitten of God, and in a sense, he was. He suffered in our stead, actually as our substitute, which means that the blow that should the blow that should have come to us instead went to him. But yet it was not for his sin because he had no sin, but instead was made for our sins. He was afflicted for us as stated he was our substitute. God, through Jesus Christ, Christ became the substitute. I was substitute. He took our place willfully. Willfully, he took our place because we could not take his place. We couldn't even think about going to the cross. We couldn't even think about the nails through his hand. We couldn't even think about nobody spitting on us and kicking us and ripping our beards off and ripping our clothes off and stripped us down to almost a new position, embarrassed us in front of the world. We wouldn't even take a chance. We wouldn't even think about it. We would run away from the cross like running from a, a, a dog chasing a rabbit because we could not do it. You can't work your way. You can't sing your way. You can't go to church for 40, 50 years and go to heaven. You got to go to the cross. And the cross is the only way that you can come to God Almighty is through his shed blood. And the world today is trying to find other ways to get to heaven other than the cross. There is no other name given under heaven whereby men can be saved than the name of Jesus Christ. It was Jesus Christ that became our substitute. And our substitute took it all, I-B-A-L-L, with some more L and some more L. He took it all, brothers and sisters. He took it all. He took it all. And by him taking it all, they disfigured him. They beat him across the face. They plucked his beard out of his, out of his face. They knocked him side the head. They put a crown of thorns on his head. There was blood coming down from his forehead. There was blood on the side of his face. His jawbone was bruised. His shoulders were bruised. His back was cut open like hamburger. They stomped on him. 
They kicked him. They called him everything but the son of God, and he did not reprove himself. He did not say a mumbling word of regret that what he was doing. But when he hung on that cross, oh, my God, hell rented. The moon had high blood pressure. The sun got embarrassed and went out. And the devil in the pits of hell was shaking like a bowl of jello because he knew there's no man that died like Jesus, no man that suffered like Jesus, and it woke hell up. It's the, it told hell, I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to justify those that's in the bowels of the earth. I'm coming down there. I'm going to spend at least three days and three nights, and I'm going to preach to those in prison, and I'm going to tell death, get out the way. I'm going to tell corrupt. You can't corrupt me because I'm incorruptible. And when Jesus Christ went to hell, he didn't take no lunch with him. He didn't take no dinner with him. He went down there and preached. To those in prison, he went to Tartus and preached to those fallen angels. He went all over the bowels of hell and told them, victory, victory has come. He did it for you. Now, if you can do that, if you, now here's what, you, 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 you would still wouldn't have a chance to go to heaven because you can't be saved. But let's say, let's say for instance, you would die on the cross. The thing is, could you take the pain? The answer is no. Could you say compassionate words while he was on the cross? The answer is no. Could you forgive those that put you on the cross? The answer is no. Could you be spit upon and kicked and whipped and lied on and embarrassed and come out and put your arms around the ones that did it to you? The answer is no. You can't do it. Why? Because you're a sinful creature. You're a low-down, sinful creature. And Satan is what makes you a low-down creature. He brings sin into the world by causing Adam and Eve to disobey God. Until this day, there's no man on this planet that ever made an attempt to say he would die for the world. No man. You show me a man that made an attempt or said that he's going to die and did it. Show me one. Farrakhan, can he do it? No. Can Buddha do it? No. Can a Baptist do it? No. Can a Presbyterian do it? No. Can an occult religion? No. Can Taoism? No. Can Mormonism? No. Can Scientology? No. There's no religion. There's no religion. There's no religion that some religious fanatic could bring up and say that I am going to suffer for mankind for his sin. Ain't no way. And since there's no way, if you don't find the way, which is Jesus Christ, you will die and go to hell because you're still in your sins. You have not been forgiven, and you haven't asked God to forgive you of your sins and save your soul. You're walking in unbelief. And the Bible says all believers, all believers, born-again believers, sanctified believers will enter into the heavens. But all unbelievers 
will die and go to hell because they're still in their sins. There's nothing can wash away your sin but the blood of Jesus Christ. Can you see that? That's the ultimate plan of God's plan to bring salvation into the world. And if you don't believe Jesus Christ was your substitute and took a beating, and if you could see the picture of Jesus Christ hanging on the cross, you will pull your hair out of your head. You will literally pull your hair out of your head to see what they've done to Jesus Christ. You will look at the cross one time, and you will run from here to eternity and say, I can't believe it because sin is devastating. Sin will rot in hell. Sin will go to hell. Sin will pay its price. And if you die in your sins without Jesus Christ and a changed life, you will burn in hell. They beat him so bad that the whole universe, the moon, the star, the galaxy, the quasar, the black hole, they was embarrassed what they did to the creator, God Almighty, in the flesh. They did him in. They gave him the raw deal. And the raw deal that Satan said, I'm going to do, I'm going to make sure I kill this dude. And when I kill him, and if he got the nerve to come to the bowels of the earth to hell, I'm going to hold him. I'm going to hold him from here to eternity. That's what Satan thought. That's what the world believed in. The world believed though he really didn't die. But the world don't believe he was resurrected from the dead. The world don't believe he really died. They don't believe that. And when they don't believe it, they will die and go to hell. That's it. Because they didn't receive the substitute that Jesus Christ made for our sins, all kinds of sin, sin commission, sin omission, sin willfully, sin, 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 sin. God hates sin, and he hated so much. He hated so much that he said, I'll die for sin. I'll die for the sins of the world. I'm not just going to destroy man. That's what Satan would want. But I'm going to die. I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to pick it up again. I'm going to do it within a period of 4,000 years, and it's going to take me 33 years to fulfill my ministry, and then I'm going to go back to heaven. And when I go back to heaven, I'm going to give the church an opportunity to go down there in the upper room and wait for the promise of the Father, and I'm going to send them some power, some power, which is the Holy Ghost, and they shall be a witness for me and to the utmost parts of the earth. And guess what? That power exists today. I know that power exists today because that power lives in me. That love lives in me. That mercy lives in me. That forgiveness lives in me. That continuous and pressing on to the high mark lives in me. Jesus Christ lives in me. I know he got up because when once, once, Thursday afternoon, I found myself. Jesus found me. When I found me, I tell you what happened. I changed. I changed from darkness into the light. And when Jesus comes into your world, comes into your soul, comes into your spirit, guess what? That old dark, 
bad, the evil world comes out. And when it comes out, you said, I know I've been born again. I know I've been changed. I know I've been redeemed. I know I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb because it's the blood of the Lamb that can redeem man from mankind, redeem man from sin, death, hell, and the grave. So how bad was the whooping? The whooping was so bad that the whole creation shook. The death was so devastating that the, 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 the whole creation was hoping that it wouldn't shut down. It was so bad that if you had a 35 millimeter camera and took it on Mount Calvary and took a picture of what Jesus, what Jesus looked like. After we hung him, and I use we because we did it. And I tell anybody, it wasn't only the Jews that did it. The Gentiles was in there because they didn't know no God. They had all kind of demons and devils and, and cohorts and idolatry and killing and murder. They worship anything that, that, that was not like God. They were bowed down to it. So they were mean and cruel people. They were ruthless. The Babylonian Empire, the Median Persian Empire, the Roman Empire, the uh, 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 the uh, uh, Assyrian Empire, and Egyptian people were mean, Gentile, heathenistic people, and they killed Christ as, as, as well as the Jews. And the Jews had the way, they, they knew the way, but they didn't want to take the new way. And the new way is Jesus Christ. The old way was the law. The old way was animal sacrifices. The old way was to uh, take blood and use it as what? A, a sin covering. But when they said take the blood of Jesus, they became mean. They became angry. And they said we were not accepted. And Jesus Christ told them without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Without the shedding of blood, there is no redemption. Without the shedding of blood, there is no hope. Without the shedding of blood, there is no redemption. And there is no hope for eternal life because the soul is in the blood. And since the soul is in the blood, when Jesus Christ died, his soul soul came out of the blood, and the blood was running down along his body, and that blood was a gateway to heaven, and since it was a gateway to heaven, if you want to go to heaven, you got to come through the blood. Ain't no more animal sacrifices. Ain't no more sacrifices for group bulls and goats and turtle doves. That's all over, because when Jesus Christ uh, died, they tell me the veil temple rent to top the bottom, and now we can go straight to Jesus Christ. I don't have to go to the Pope. I don't have to go to no so-called religion. I got to go to a man from Galilee, and that man is Jesus Christ. He said, come unto me, all you that are heavy laden. Take my yoke upon thee and learn of me. I'm meek and lowly, and I will give you rest to your soul. And I can tell you right now, I got rest to my souls. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. I don't care how long you've been going to church. I don't care how long you've been a doorkeeper or a piano player. I don't care how long you've been there. But let me tell you one thing before you leave here. You ought to make sure, very sure, that you met the man from Galilee, that you met the man who changed the water to wine, you met the man who healed the sick, that you met the man that raised the dead, you met the man that said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, because when Jesus Christ comes into your life, you change. You change, buddy. I know that. You change. 
You change from darkness into the marvelous light. The fifth verse of fifty third chapter of Isaiah. Look at who look look what we're talking here. We talking some here. But he was wounded for our transgression. Our lying self. Don't want to do nothing right. Don't want to come to Christ for nothing. Want to play want to want to heat up. Want to hop around. He, he, he was wounded. He was wounded. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his strike, oh, he was whipped. Thirty-nine lashes, cat nine tail, scorpion tail, glass and metal. And they whipped him across the back in the forefront, across the chest. They whipped him. And let me tell you something. If you take a 35-millimeter camera, and I don't told you, if you take a picture of it and see it for yourself, you will run from eternity and you will say, is that what my sins done to him? Yes. That's what it done. That's what it done. Your sins killed him. We killed Christ. We killed the Son of God. We couldn't kill God because God, uh, you can't kill him. You can't bury him. You can't burn him. You can't speak him out of existence. But you killed his son. And his son was Jesus Christ, which was God himself. A child shall be born. A son shall be given. And if a son is given, that means he's eternity. He never was born. He was given. And by him being given, he died on Calvary. He died. Oh, yes, he did. I'm going to talk about this. Because our adultery, our gambling, our lying was put on him. And if it wasn't for Jesus Christ forgiving me, I would be guilty today of sinning against him. But he forgave me of my sins. He washed me and made me perfect in his sight through the Spirit. I'm not perfect physically. Carnal body. I'm in a carnal body. I'm in a body that sin still dwells there. But the Holy Ghost is there. Amen. What? To keep it under subjection. Sin can't even overtake me. Sin don't control me. It's the Spirit of God that controls me. And since the Spirit of God controls me, the Bible says anybody that's without sin, let him cast the first stone. So I can't cast no stones at nobody because I have sinned carnally. But spiritually, I can't sin because Christ's Spirit is sinless. Christ's Spirit takes sins out of you. And when he takes it out of you, your soul, your spirit is sinless. Now you have to deal with another nature, and that nature is the carnal nature. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. He was wounded for our transgression pertains to the manner in which he died. Look at here, look at here. Which was the price he paid for the redemption of what? Humanity. Not just the black folks, not just the white folks, not just the Jews, not just the Gentiles, but he paid for redemption of humanity. He was bruised for iniquity, means that he was he suffered, was not at all for himself. He didn't suffer for himself, but all for us. It was for iniquities. Look at the cross and then say, my sins 
did this. Amen. Your sin did that. Your homosexual did that. Your lying did that. Your child pornography did that. Your denying God did that. We killed Christ. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Meaning that if peace between God and man was to be restored, all which Adam lost, then Jesus would have to bring it about. Here is the simple doctrine of the gospel. The death of Christ, all other founders of religion, based on the claim upon which their life and their teachings, their death was a calamity and without significance. But the death, who? The death of Christ was his glory and form of impersonal foundation of one and the only salvation. His purpose, his coming, was to die. Oh, my God. Now, ain't that something? Jesus Christ came to this earth to do one thing, to die. To die for the black man, for the white man. To die so that you can be cleansed from sin, so that you can be sanctified, so that you can be set apart by the blood of Jesus Christ. It sanctifies your soul, and now you can call on the name of Jesus. And when you call on the name of Jesus, there's a power inside of you that gives you joy and peace that pass all understanding. It gives you love all beyond degree. You can love your enemy. You can love those that despitefully use you. You can love everybody, make no difference the color of the skin, a status quo. You can love those that you don't know. You can love those that you do know. You can love those that resent you and hate you. You can love those. Why? Because God so loved the world that he did something. He just didn't say, come down here and play pinochle. He didn't come down here to play bing. Go. He didn't come down here to go to Las Vegas. He didn't come down here to go to Walmart. He didn't come down here to go to Macy's. He came down here on a cross. He came down here to go to Calvary because Calvary was waiting for him. Death was standing up on Calvary and said, he's going to come up here and I'm going to make sure that he's dead. I'm going to make sure he dropped his head between the locks of his shoulder. I'm going to make sure he stayed on the cross long enough that he bleeds to death. I'm going to make sure I whip him beyond recognition that he bleeds to death. I'm going to make fun of him. I'm going to tell the world, look what we've done. We and the devil says, and the demons begin to say, we killed him. Mm, you killed him, all right. Mm, but he didn't stay dead. Oh, Lord Jesus Christ, uh, he came on down, and God said, this is my son. This is me. I did it in the flesh, but I'm going to be resurrected in the power of the almighty God. And on the third day morning, death had to let him go, and corruption would start crying and weeping, saying, I can't hold him. Um, he's got to get up, and when he got up, he got up with all power in heaven built in his hand. And guess what? He's coming back. He's coming back. Jesus Christ is coming back to this earth. Sin is out of hand now. Sin is at its peak. Sin is at its, at its zenith. The devil knows that he ain't got it but a short time. He knows that he's got to work to get those that he has and keep them walking in unbelief. 
And the devil said, listen, demons, devils, we got to keep every soul away from the cross. Don't go. Don't you go. Don't send them to the cross. Send them to Buddha. Send them to Islam. Send them to Jehovah's Witness. Send them there and tell them this is the way to heaven. Send them to the occult religions. Send them to Baal. Send them to Moloch. Send them to the Illuminati. Send them to Luciferians. Send them. Send them to Luciferians and tell them this is the way of salvation. Sell your soul to me. Don't take them to the cross. If you take them to the cross and they repent of their sins and they recognize they are low down, dirty, rotten sinner that was originated in the Garden of Eden and that Satan is in charge and that Satan don't want you to come to the cross because if you come to the cross, I guarantee you, I guarantee you 110% if you fall down on your sin, bend the knee, and confess the Lord Jesus with your mouth and believe with your heart that God raised him from the dead on the third day morning. The Bible says, thou shalt be saved. Not might be saved, not thinking about being saved, not saved, but saved. S-A-B-E-D, you become a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, everything is new. The Bible says, sanctify yourself through the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only sanctifier you have. Buddha can't sanctify you. Did you hear what I said? I said Buddha cannot sanctify you. No religion can sanctify your soul and set you free from sin. No religion. And there's over 3,000 different kinds of religions in the world today. Not counting denominations because denomination is is the name of a church. Denomination is the name of a certain group that name themselves. I was brought up in the Baptist home. I was brought up really, really. You want to tell what kind of home I was brought up in? I was brought up in a Christian home, a Christian home. But my dad was a Baptist preacher, and he preached the whole Bible. And he preached Christianity. He, he preached redemption by the blood of Christ. He preached hell's fire. He preached let you be born again. You cannot enter the kingdom of God. He preached the rapture. He preached the millennium reign. He preached everything that the Bible said, and I'll follow right in behind it. Why? Because it comes from the Bible. And since it comes from the Bible, I'm going to continue to preach the same, God, same Bible that my dad preached from. Because he preached from it, and he preached salvation through who? Jesus Christ. Listen what it says. The religions that don't have salvation. I love God's people. Presbyterian didn't bring salvation. Catholic didn't bring salvation. No religion, no occult. brought religion into the world. Jesus Christ didn't bring religion. Jesus Christ brought salvation. Jesus Christ. 
brought redemption, salvation only through Jesus Christ. And by salvation through Jesus Christ, this is the only way man can know God is through Jesus Christ. Witchcraft don't have no Savior. Atheism do not have a Savior. Taoism do not have a Savior. Islam does not have a Savior. Secularism does not have a Savior. Judaism does not have a Savior. No longer Judaism is in power. Jesus Christ said, I didn't come to destroy the law, but to fulfill. And the fulfillment of the law is love. And God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So through Jesus Christ, because Christianity came out of Judaism, the main thing and the main subject and the main illustration of Judaism was blood, the blood of animals, the blood of bullocks and turtle doves. That was all right for prayer about 3,000 years, but it was not adequate enough to save man. It was a covering for sin. But when Christ came, he took that covering away and went in. Went in! He went inside the spirit of man through the blood of Jesus Christ and took sin away and destroyed sin out of his soul, out of his spirit. And now he's a child of God, never to sin again, according to the spirit realm. So Judaism don't have a savior. Christianity is the only relationship or doctrine in the Bible that has a Savior, Jesus Christ. Come on, y'all. Jesus Christ is the only one that can save your soul. He talks. He walks. He heals. He got up from the grave on his own. He ascended back into heaven on his own power. He sits on the right-hand side of the Father right now, making intercision for you and I. He's coming back again to get a church. He's going to let the world go under a, a, a judgment called the tribulation period. He's going to rapture the church. That's what Jesus is going to do. What, 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 what is paganism going to do? What are the agnostics going to do? What is the Hinduism going to do? What is the spiritualism going to do? They ain't got no savior. Jehovah's Witnesses ain't got no savior. Scientology ain't got no savior. Because Gnosticism don't have no savior. Voodoo don't have no savior with chicken legs and chicken bones rattling in a, a pot trying to find the way out, trying to find the future. Satanism don't have no savior. And yet still the world is covered with Satanism and worshiping idols, worshiping sin, worshiping everything that's not like God. They don't have a savior. And Mormonism don't have a savior. These are only a few religions in the world today, but there's over 3,000 different kinds of religions. And I'm trying to tell you right now, you better look in your Bible. You better read your Bible and look in the book of Revelation and see what happens to all the what? All the unbelievers. All those, amen, that disbelieve that this Christ that I'm talking about this evening, this afternoon, and forevermore, never stop talking about Jesus Christ because he's forever. And guess what? There's a time coming where the Bible says 
Let's see what the Bible says, what will happen to the unbelievers. The unbelievers, those that rejected this atonement, those that refused the atonement of Jesus Christ, those that beat Christ, including me, myself, and I, and you, and your mama, and your daddy, and your sister, and your aunt, and your aunt, your football player, uh, we have beat him so bad, and we don't realize what our sins done to Jesus Christ. And he loves us so much that he's willing to forgive you and save you from your sins that you wouldn't have to perish forevermore. And we will read the 20th chapter of Revelation. It says this. The 20th chapter of Revelation, as soon as I find it in the book of Revelation, I'm going to read this for you to let you know that if you're lost this afternoon, if you don't know who Jesus Christ is and you haven't been to the cross of Christ, I want you to know what's going to happen to you after You die. If you die without the mercy and the salvation of Jesus Christ coming into your life and separating you from sin, that you will hate sin. And if you love sin, you got a problem. If you love sin, all kinds of sin. If you love it, most likely you don't know Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ hates sin. Jesus Christ is love. He loves righteousness. He loves mercy. He loves forgiveness. He loves everything that God stands for. And God stands for righteousness at all times. In the 21st chapter of what? The 21st chapter of Revelation says in the 7th verse, He who overcomes shall inherit all things. The only way one can overcome is to place one's faith exclusively in the cross of Christ, which gives the Holy Spirit latitude to work in one's life bringing about the fruit of the Spirit. And he said, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. The overcomer is adopted into the family of God, and God treats him as a son exactly as he does his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. In the eighth verse, it says, but the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake with burn with fire and brimstone, which is a second death. This proclaims the eternal destiny 
of Christ's rejectors, those that reject, flatly out reject. And I get a little boggy here. People say, no, I don't want no Christ. I I don't like Jesus Christ. I don't like I don't like nothing about Jesus Christ. They use his name in vain. They reject his love. The fearful are those that are scared to receive Christ. The fearful. People who are scared to accept Jesus Christ are fearful. The only way you should fear God is fear him in reverence. But to fear Jesus Christ of wanting to save your soul, people get scared when you say, "Do you would you like to be saved? If you're in that kind of condition, you're called fearful. The unbelieving, people who don't believe that Christ is the Son of God, God Almighty in the flesh, Jesus Christ is God Almighty in the flesh. He died on Calvary's cross for your sins and my sins. He got up on the third day morning with all power in heaven and earth. He went back to heaven. Now he's able to save you if you put your faith in him. If you die in unbelief, hell will be your home because you didn't get your sins forgiven. And when you get your sins forgiven, you will know it because the Spirit will reveal it to you. And the abominable, the wretched, the cold-hearted, the mean, cruel, murderers and liars and all kinds of sin, the abominable, the homosexuals, the, the lesbianism and the, the, the witchcraft and the, 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 the uh, 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 sodomites, people having sex with animals and doing all kinds of wicked things in the world today. This is abominable to God. And the murderers, the murderers of mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers and babies and uh, it's killing people, raping them and throwing them in the garbage can. Men are being uh, uh, attacked. Women are being uh, raped and killed and cut up and put in uh, 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 condolas. And, and women have been found in the woods with body parts missing. Woo, these are murderers and whoremongers. These are men whoring after women, whoring after men. Whoremongers don't have no respect of holiness, don't have no respect of Jesus Christ. They'll tell Jesus Christ, let me, just don't bother me. I'm I'm busy. I'm I'm doing my thing. I'm getting my cookies. I'm getting everything I can get. I'm going to get why because when I die, if I go to hell, I can at least say I had a good time. But in hell, you ain't going to have time enough to think about the good time that you did have, and that was only in the flesh. But let me tell you, if you go to hell, you're going to be in misery the rest of your eternal life. And the soul cannot die, will not die. God ain't appointed to die because man was born. When man was created, he was born to live forever. And now man has his choice. And let me tell you now, the majority of the world, and this, this is Bible now. This, is, this ain't me. I wish everybody would go to heaven. I wish everybody would get saved. But I don't want my worst enemy go to hell. There's nothing there, nothing heat, nothing but crying. You can't make no tears, no water. You can't phone up the, the water department tell them to turn on the water, no water. You can't take a coffee break. You can't go donut. You can't no breaks. You'll be in the lake of fire forever. Five things you will take with you when you go to hell. You don't want to go there. You don't want to just... Lay up with a woman and say, well, I, 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 I got to get some of this and I got to get some of this. 
and I, maybe I'll get saved tomorrow because I want to get this one here. Let me tell you, you don't know when you're going to leave here. You can die standing up. You can die laying down. You can die eating. You can die anytime. You don't know when, 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 when the Lord, when the devil takes you or God can take you. If you die in sin, Satan's going to take you. If you die saved, God's going to take you. Anything that's not washed in the blood, God ain't going to take. He ain't going to take nothing that ain't washed in his blood. It's blood. It's blood. So you got whoremongers in the government. You got whoremongers in the church. You got whoremongers in the economical world. You got whoremongers all over the world, whoring. And sorcerers. The word sorcerer means pharmakio. Pharmakio means drugs. Drugs are killing people every day. Drugs. And the Bible says in the last day there shall be a grade of drugs spreading around the world. Drugs in your kitchen. Drugs in your your mama taking drugs. Your daddy taking drugs. Church folks taking drugs. Preachers taking drugs. Drugs, 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 drugs. Trying to get high. You can't get high off of that stuff. The only high you can get, go back there and talk to those that came out on the day of Pentecost. They said, I was high. They thought they was drunk. They wasn't drunk. It ain't 9 o'clock yet. Peter says, this was spoken by Prophet Joel, that in the last days, God poured out my spirit upon all flesh. And guess what? It was poured out then, and it's, gonna be, it's being poured out now. And in the last days, some more people are going to get drunk, not off of those drugs, but off of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is going to use 144,000 during the time of the tribulation period. It's going to turn the world upside down. So we got sorcerers, people who are lost, that's worshiping drugs, idolaters, anything other than Jesus Christ, you're an idolater. You, you're an idolater. You're worshiping something else that doesn't mean a hill of beans. And all liars. Well, who is a liar? The Bible says, who is a liar? A liar is anybody that deny, that deny, listen, that deny that Jesus Christ is God Almighty in the flesh and that he died and rose again and come back from the dead. That's a liar. And the liar considered in the Bible is antichrist, against Christ, to assure authority over Christ, want to be Christ, antichrist. The antichrist is here. He's alive today. He's waiting for what? He's waiting for the rapture of the church. And he says, all liars, all liars, white lie, black lie, Chinese lie, Gentile lie, lying. They're telling the world that Jesus Christ is not God Almighty and that he didn't come in the flesh is a liar, antichrist. Now listen to what it says. And all liars shall have their part in the lake. Not Lake Huron, not Lake Michigan, no, not them lake, which burns with fire and what? Brimstone, which is the second death, proclaim the eternal destiny of Christ's rejectors. What did the cross mean to the world? 
Apostle Paul said, preaching of the cross to those that perish, those that's marching their way to hell, those that's running to hell, those that's jumping and up and down and partying on into hell. He said, preaching of the cross to those that perish is what? Foolishness. Foolishness means to them it's a bunch of junk. I don't want that stuff. I don't want nobody suffering for me. I suffer for myself. I don't want God to help me. In fact, I don't believe in God. So I don't believe in no cross. And to me, I'm wasting my time going to the church and reading my Bible and, 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 and trying to repent of my sin and telling Christ to come into my life. I don't want that crap. I'm through with that. I tried it once and it didn't work. Well, you tried it, but you didn't get the right way. You got to get it the Bible way. And the Bible way tells me to turn your whoo, turn yourself around by repenting and fearing God and humble yourself and ask the Lord Jesus Christ to have mercy on your hell-bound soul. Have mercy on my hell-bound soul. Jesus, save my soul from sin. Because sin will damn your soul. And it's because of unbelief. Sin is, a, is the cause of unbelief. When you sin, you disbelieve God more and more each and day. That's why the Lord tells us to repent and turn from your sins. Come on, y'all. It's time to wake up. Jesus Christ is coming again. The suffering of Christ. The suffering of Christ is the only way that man can be redeemed. You can't come to Jesus Christ on your own. You can be water baptism and all that. But if you haven't repented, the water baptism can't affect you. Water baptism cannot save. It's a badge of identity to identify yourself with Christ of his birth, death, and resurrection. And now you're telling the world, I believe what Christ went down in the grave and suffered for me. I'm doing a duplicate of what he's doing. And the devil said, don't do that. Don't do that. Please don't do that. If you do that, Satan said, I've lost the soul. I lost the soul. And Satan will tell you, my job is to make sure I destroy every human being's soul on this planet. My, that's my job. God didn't give it to me. I took it. And I took it because I hate, this is what the devil said, I hate God Almighty because he wouldn't leave me, let me have his throne. You fool, you. You about bed is a bed bug. You, you mad at God because why? You mad at God because he won't, he didn't give you to rule the world. He gave you to be an angel to protect God's throne. So don't go around Satan trying to eliminate folks and keep them from the cross. The word cross is mentioned in the Bible, New Testament, 26 to 28 times. The cross of Jesus Christ. He's not on the cross now. He's not on the cross. Some people 
hair crosses around their neck. That's a sign that you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross, but have you accepted him? And because you're carrying your cross, Jesus didn't mean to you take a cross and put it around your neck and carry. He means carry the cross I'm carrying. Carrying a cross means carrying the welfare and the warfare that when you become a Christian, you got a cross to carry. And that cross is not easy. Jesus Christ took it on Mount Calvary, and he fell a few times. Fell a, I don't know how many times he fell, but it was a struggle to get that cross on top of that hill and then lay it down and then let a hammer and a six-inch spike, six- to seven-inch spike be driven through your wrist between your, your wrist bones and the first rain didn't hear nothing because it hit the flesh. But when it hit that wood, it rained the gates of hell open. And every demon in hell heard the rain. Every diabolical demon heard the rain of the hammer. And it rung to his wrists and it rung to his feet between the bone marrow. And Jesus cried out. You tell me that it wasn't painful? Well, I look in the book of Psalms. When I look in the book of Psalms, it trembled my soul. To see what the 22nd chapter of Psalms read. It reads like this. 22nd chapter. It says, My God, my God, why are you so far from me and from the works, the words of my rowing? This is Jesus Christ saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from from helping me. I need help. Father, I need help. And for from the words of my Lord, I'm, I'm, Jesus was crying out, why has Amen. you forsaken me? The stark reality of this psalm portrayed the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel narrates the fact of the crucifixion. This psalms the feeling of the crucified. Jesus cried these words while hanging, oh God Almighty, on cross. It portrayed the glorified him as the sin offering. It presents a sinless man, a sinless man, the Lord Jesus Christ, forsaken by God, but only in the sense that God allowed him to die. Such a fact is unique in history and will never need to be repeated. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. This sinless man himself, God manifested in the flesh, was made into be a sin offering. In effect, the penalty of sin, this is what sin called, which is in this case was a physical death and thereby pierced 
with the sword of divine wrath, and that the judgment of God dealt infinitely with sin and in so dealing with it in the person of his beloved son, showed his wrath against sin and his love for the sinner. Thus, he vindicated himself as well redeemed man. God revealed himself at Calvary. Oh, my God. As in no other place or way. What the depth of the horror, the horror was to which the sinless soul of Jesus sank under the wrath of God as the sin offering of the infathomable for men or angels. Therefore, our effort to explain these suffering will of necessity fall short of that which he would really experience. Second verse said, oh, my God, I cry in the daytime, but you hear not in the night season, and I am not silent. As a sin offering, the perfect steel. God could not hear or answer prayer from such, at least at this particular time, but could only pour his judgment as he had done so through the centuries on the slain lambs. He said, but you are holy, O you who claim inhabitants of the praises of Israel. This, this is the closest that the scripture comes to, to the statement, God inhabited the praise of his people. During Christ's earthly ministry, he spoke of God as his father and resumed the title after he had triumphantly shouted, it's finished. But while suffering divine wrath as the sin offering, he addressed him as God. Because God is so holy, he could not even look upon this particular sin offering, much less hear and answer prayer. But only for the time when he was bearing sin on the cross. Our fathers trusted in you, they trusted, and you did not deliver. However, Christ cannot be delivered from this terrible act. Had he been delivered, humanity could not be delivered. Had the Messiah been only a man, good God Almighty, he would have to put his physical suffering first and his spiritual suffering last. But to him, as the only begotten Son of God, there was no anguish so infinite as the hiding of the Father's face. They cried into you and were delivered. They trusted in you. And you were not confounded. This teaches God's people to cling in confidence to the Lord when circumstances seem to say that God has abandoned them. The infinite care of God for us is made possible by Christ, did for us at the cross, and by no 
other means. No other way, no other way. Listen to what I'm saying to you. But I am a worm in the sixth verse. But I am a worm and no man approach of men, despise of the people. The words of a worm, Lord have mercy, as used here by Christ means that he took the Lord's place among men to be rejected and scorned and spit upon and even humiliated in the infamy and shame. All those that see me laughed at me to scorn. They shoot out their lips. They shake their heads saying, is this done by his own people while he hung on the cross in bitter suffering? They had no kind words for him. They only laughed and mocked him. Good God Almighty, you're talking about something. Look at you. Look at you. Talk about it. He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him. Sin, he delighted in him. At the cross, enemies of Christ, his own people actually used the very words as recorded in the 8th verse of Matthew 27 and 43. But you are he who took me out of my womb. You did make me hope when I was up on my mother's breast. Yeah, now check this out. Shows the relationship between the father and the son, even from the womb of the Virgin Mary, and yet his relationship that he had never before had been broken would now be broken, at least for a short period of time, because he was bearing the sins penalty of the world. Oh, we don't know. We don't we don't know what we doing. We don't know what we done. We don't know what we said, how people slander the cross and slander Jesus and say he was just a mere man, such as the Muslims said that he was a prophet. Well, he was a prophet king and he was a priest and he was a son of God. He was God himself. That's the only way God could redeem man. And that's the only way God can save man. That's the only way God can let a man into his kingdom is through his blood, through his suffering, through his death, through his resurrection. There is no other way of all religions and all the cults and all men try to find another way to reach God to satisfy their own ego. Some folks don't want to go to heaven anyhow. Everybody that say they want to go to heaven ain't going. And everybody that say they're going might not be there. And those that you think is not going to be there, going to be there, good God Almighty, because it only takes a simple plan to receive Jesus Christ. You just got to confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And then the Bible says, if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. And when you get saved, you don't have to tell nobody that you're saved because you know yourself. I've been born again. Yeah, I've I've been born of flesh already, but I have to have a new birth. And that new birth is a spiritual birth. And Jesus Christ said, God is spirit. 
and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. If you want to see God, if you want to know God, if you want to hold on to God, if you want to know him in a personal relationship, you've got to have faith. And faith mm, is the key to salvation. Faith says, I wasn't there when they hung him on the cross. I wasn't there when they nailed him to the wood. I wasn't there when he dropped his head at the corner of his shoulder. I wasn't there when they ridiculed and talked about I wasn't there, but faith says it happened. Faith says you believe it. Faith says I've accepted. And if you accept it in your heart and confess with your mouth, the Bible says thou shalt be saved. And quit and let the devil tell you that you got to stop this and you got to stop that and you can't do this. Quit letting the devil tell you what you can't do because when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, God will tell you and abolish you and teach you what you can do and what you can't do. If you want to go out here and mongrel the street and take your drugs and do that, guess what? It ain't going to work because the Holy Spirit is going to tell you and it's going to remove that mess out of you. And guess what? You'll be singing, hallelujah, I can go to bed at night and get a good night rest. I don't have to worry about nobody looking for me for a, a drug payoff. I don't have to worry about some uh, uh, body chasing me down because I done done something to him. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth, and God will forgive you of all your sins, and now you're a new creature, and God is not going to let nothing happen to you. If you come to him, I guarantee you. But a lot of people are dying. You know why they're dying? They're dying without Christ. Millions of people are dying every day. Without Christ. The Bible quotes that there's going to be a majority of the world, majority of the world souls will be lost because they didn't come to the cross. They didn't come. I don't, I don't, I don't need that. I still got to do some things. I, I, I'm too young to be getting saved, sanctified, and and, and, and praising God. I, I I can't get with that, but you can go to a baseball game, football game, praise every little idolatry thing you can think of. You can praise your sex acts. You can praise your drug addict. You can, you can jump up and down and end up dead somewhere by overdose. You end up messing with somebody's woman and get shot. Come on. That ain't the way to live, and that's not the image of God. That's the image of Satan. Satan! You're low down, crooked, bent, no good, cherubim. You're just no good. You ain't good for nothing. But God is going to use old Lucifer, amen, to fulfill what the Bible says is going to happen. We're living in the last days, church. The church will never get back where it used to be a little bit. It's not going to get back there. No. Churches are closing down. Preachers are stopped preaching. And the one that is preaching, preaching lies. It's not going to get no better. It's going to get worse. 
It's going to get worse than your own family is going to become your soul of your own household. It's going to get so bad that demons really are going to possess men's body on this earth because Satan is getting ready to come down here. UFOs, UFOs are demonic demons. That's not no aliens. These are fallen angels. They got machines to ride in. They can move swiftly from one corner of the earth to the next corner in seconds. They move. They they are into mischief. Satan is the ruler. Satan is the director. Satan is the one that's plotting to what? Do one of the greatest events that's going to strike this pretty soon. And what is that, Brother Bazaar? The Bible tells me that the devil got a man on the earth right now. He's called the Antichrist. He's alive. He's 55 years old. He is able to what? He's able to be a candidate for the Antichrist. The Antichrist will come. He is here. He cannot come and be revealed to the world until after the rapture of the church. And when the rapture of the church comes, amen, the world is going to say, oh, this is Jesus Christ. It's not Jesus Christ. It's the Antichrist. It's the opposer of God. It's the runchy man that's going to call the man of sin, the sin of perdition, that old dragon. He's called the serpent. He's called the wicked one. He's called Bela. He's called the father of lies. He's called the old prince power of the air. He is coming down here, and he's going to invade the earth. In the middle of the tribulation period, Satan is going to fall from heaven. In the 12th chapter of Revelation, he's going to fall down from heaven and to earth. And when he comes down to earth, there's going to be an assassination of the Antichrist. And the devil says, i got one more miracle to do because he's going to do many miracles during the tribulation period. But this is one miracle that's going to stun the world. That means that he's going to be assassinated. In the 13th chapter of Revelation, he's going to be assassinated with a deadly wound to the head. And when he's assassinated, he's going to be killed. He's going to be laid in the grave. He's going to be in the morgue. And while he's in the morgue, guess what's going to happen? Satan is going to be cast out of heaven <coughs> by Michael, the archangel. Michael, the archangel, is going to be cast out of heaven. And he's coming to earth. When he comes to earth, he's going to do a fake, phony, diabolical resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'll say that again. He's going to infuse his spirit into the Antichrist and raise him from the dead. That's found in the 13th chapter of Revelation. He's going to resurrect the Antichrist from the dead. He's going to be dead three days. He's going to do a duplicate. Oh, copycat, copy all for God all the time. God got some true preachers here. He got some true, not church members, but he got some true saints here. They're standing up for the word of God, and the devil said, I got some too. I got some fake and phony, hypocritical, backbiting saints that call themselves saints, and they ain't nothing but ain't. They're liars. 
They're traitors. They're enemies of the cross. But the devil is going to do a worldwide fake, phony, Kathy's clown resurrection. Kathy's clown resurrection. He's going to be resurrected from the dead after three days and three nights. And the word of God says, and the world will say, who is like the beast? 13th chapter Revelation. Who is able to make war with him? Who is able to challenge him? Who is able to overcome him? Who is able to conquer him? And the Bible says the only way you can be an overcomer of the great Antichrist and the beast is by the what? The blood of Jesus Christ. You are not going to overcome this beast but by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, if you're a church member and you just going to church and you got a form of garland but you ain't got no power, you've never been baptized with the Holy Ghost, you're just playing around with God, guess what? You're going to get caught up in this here thing and you're going to think this man is Jesus Christ and he's not Jesus Christ. He's the devil in the flesh. Come on now. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. You don't hear this in church. You don't hear this in some congregations today. Preachers don't preach this. But Satan is going to do a duplicate of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And my friends, I want to let you know, I love every one of you out there. I hope you can be infused with the word of God. The cross of Christ is the only way that you can get to heaven. It's not by works. It's not by how good you look. It's not by how you walk, how you talk. It's not by members of the church being baptized, shook the preacher's hand. It's not by how much money you got. It ain't about nothing but Jesus Christ. And when you accept Jesus Christ now, you can work through Christ. If you're not working through Christ, you're none of his. If you have not the spirit of Christ, if you have not the Holy Ghost, if you have not the love of God, if you have not the joy of God, if you have not the peace and understanding of God, how dwelleth the love of God in you? Come to Jesus now. Christ is getting ready to wrap the church pretty soon. It's a possibility 95.5, the rapture of the church will happen this 